What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, what's going on there? Lots of stuff to talk about with TNA, the world of professional wrestling, and we want to hear your take on everything, so give us a call. If you're a little shy and you just want to type a little thing up, like what you want, your opinions and stuff, we got the show chat going on right now on our Facebook page, so go to facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Go over there, like us, and then you can join in the conversation on the Ken Reedy Show uh, Shoot some opinions up there. What would you think of Battleground last night? What's going to happen on Raw? What do you think of what's going on in TNA right now? Uh, just write out what you're thinking right there on the show chat. Check us out on Twitter, at The Ken Reedy Show, and our website, thekenreedyshow.com. We've got lots of cool stuff over there, as well as uh, lots of blogs. So uh, head on over there, check out the website. But we are in a Monday Night Raw pregame show, as always. I got my tag team partner. He's on the line, ready to get into it. Dave, how you doing tonight? I'd be doing a lot better if uh, I didn't waste uh, 55 bucks on what you deemed to, uh, dubbed as um, Sunday Night Raw. Um, other than that, um, we'll get into my thoughts about the wrestling world and, of course, last night's pay-per-view. But I'm uh, I'm ready to dissect and uh, critique. Um, anything and everything's wrestling right now, so let's get into it. Yeah, and as you said, we're going to get to a battleground in, in a little bit, and we want to hear your thoughts. Uh, lots of stuff going on in the world of professional wrestling, but, you know, we want to get into because we had the show last night, and it was, you know, WWE through and through since we were doing a pay-per-view 
pregame show, and uh, we want to get a little TNA conversation going on. Um, interesting stuff, as we talked about uh, earlier on one of our shows, Hulk Hogan uh, looking like he's he's out. Uh, finally saw the uh, the footage on Thursday night, uh, Hulk Hogan quitting on TNA, walking out. So at least for the time being, he is written off TV. Um, as far as Impact goes, I thought the Hogan uh, video package, the montage of his career in TNA, was a well-done video package. Um, you know, you can go back and forth whether you think Hogan was uh, a good thing or a bad thing for TNA. Uh, it's tough. You know, I, I could see both sides of the argument. So um, is it good for TNA to bring him back? Should they want to bring him back? Uh, what's best for Hulk Hogan? Uh, interesting, uh, tumultuous times right now for TNA, Dave. Yeah, um, a lot of changes have been made over the past few months. Um, and, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan being probably the biggest name that they have ever signed, um, still in a state of flux is if he's even staying with the company. I've said, I said it on last week's show, um, there's been multiple occasions where guys' contracts have run out and uh, TNA has, been, has done a good job keeping it quiet that they had re-signed that individual. Devon last year happened with him as well as Matt Morgan. Um, so it's possible that Hulk Hogan could be returning to TNA sometime down the line. Um, in the meantime, uh, you know, with all the changes that are being made, we, you know, I, I, I guess I can go into it a little bit, but uh, a reliable source of mine um, in TNA wrestling on the active roster. I'm not going to name any names to get this individual in trouble, but um, this individual I spoke with recently said that I hope the company folds. It needs to it, it, just happen. This individual mentioned that the rumors are true, that people aren't getting paid or getting paid on time or late pay, um, multiple multiple paychecks bouncing. It feels like what ECW was towards the end. Um, ECW was run by Paul Heyman, of course. Uh, and I've noticed by looking at some of the event listings in TNA that the uh, um, they're not doing any house shows for October, and they're only running television tapings um, and throughout the rest of the year and no house show or I should say six house shows for the end of till to the end of uh, 2013 so um between that and uh, this individual talked about how they had a contract issue with the company um the rumors about Bruce Pritchard um treating the girls poorly the the the, uh, the knockouts and just the way that Pritchard handled business with a lot of the, the the talent that had just recently been released um as well as the current talent that are on the roster just things aren't good overall this individual even said that, that TNA and their writing staff are blatantly copying the WWE um one one storyline in particular, the, uh, the 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 new heel Dixie Carter has taken um, a page out of uh, one Stephanie McMahon's book. Um, so, so reliable source on the active roster uh, that informed me of this recently, and uh, with all the changes that are being made, things do not look good over in TNA. Um, however, this source also said that the only way that this could possibly um, turn around is if Jeff Jarrett is back in power. And from what I understand, Jeff Jarrett is working as an agent backstage for TNA at all the television tapings and whatever live events they have booked. 
Um, so Jarrett seemed to have the most success at the time with TNA when he was in charge, when he was running it, when he was booking, whatever he was doing. Um, he put a, I've noticed him and Dutch Mantel, who goes by Zeb Coulter in, w, in WWE, um, were booking TNA television from the early start uh, up until I'd probably say about 2009, maybe, 2008, 2009. And uh, they they put a lot more focus on the X Division. The girls were a focal point and made of, of relevance and importance, and they were developing new talent and they were trying to get, you know, new talent over and they were they were making baby steps with the company. And I think a lot of what Jarrett did early on got them to the point where I think he had a big hand in getting them on the road. Not just Hogan and Bischoff, but he did as well through all the early years of the blood, sweat, and tears that the AJ Styles and the Christopher Daniels and the Samoa Joes and the Bobby Roods and the James Storms and all the, the, the young guys that were trying to make a name for themselves also helped put TNA on the map. Um, I don't think it was partly due to uh, Sting or Kurt Angle or even Hogan. Uh, I don't think they had as big of an impact by putting them on the road. I think it, a lot of it had to do with what the younger guys did. I think they helped, but not by much. Um, so right now it's just basically a state of flux with the company. Um, rumors of them being sold possibly in 2014, that the Carters are looking for a return on their investment. Um, who would buy it? Um, I mean, you never know. Would Jarrett buy it back? Because Jarrett, from what I've heard, sold his stock to Dixie. So would he buy some of it back? I have no idea. Um, you know, would Bischoff buy it? I mean, Eric Bischoff tried to, and him and a group of investors tried to buy WCW before Vince went under his nose and took it from him. So could Bischoff want to try it, try it again and get that redemption that he so richly feels he deserved at one point for when he almost bought WCW back in 2001? Um there's, there, I mean, of course, everyone's going to say, oh, well, Vince will buy it. Who knows? Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Um, a lot of speculation. Um, a lot of people are saying that the company could fold. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, I don't think Spike TV would let it fold. Uh, it's one of the highest-rated shows on Spike's network, and they're they're pretty happy with, with TNA and the return that they're getting on their investment because um, I'll have you know that Spike has had a lot to do with funding TNA, getting them on the road. Um, paying for some of the costs to, to, to travel and put their television shows on the road. I heard that Spike threw an enormous amount of money to help TNA sign Hulk Hogan and to help him sign Sting and Kurt Angle and a few other guys. So um, Spike TV has been pretty happy with what they've gotten out of TNA, and I don't think that TNA would fold just based on the fact that Spike would probably step in and do something about it. Maybe Spike TV will buy it. Who knows? But a lot of changes and a lot of uh, confusion going on right now. But like I said, that reliable source on the active roster told is, is told me that things are bad right now, very bad. And this person hopes the company folds. So uh, you can imagine what um, some others in the locker room feel these days. Yeah, I mean that that's crazy. I mean to to think that like the the company that you're employed by that you're if you're hoping for it to fold, I mean conditions got to be pretty bad. And it's a shame when you hear those those rumors that they're blatantly copying the WWE. I mean, and, and you know, it's it's one of those things I've said before. I mean, the, the evil boss thing works. It's it's a good simple storyline. 
But it's bad timing on TNA's part because, uh, as you're reporting, it, it was a blatant copy. But whether it was or it wasn't, it looks like a blatant copy, the, the timing of, of the storyline right now. Um, you know, Dixie, say what you know about Hulk Hogan. Hogan's a legend in the business. Hogan, whether he was the uh, the good GM or the evil GM, if it was uh, Hulkamania Hogan or black and white Hulk Hogan, I mean... Hogan knows how the business works. Hogan can carry himself. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if right now, as far as TNA television, having Dixie cut promos every week on your TV is necessarily the best thing. Um, I don't think for someone who's not born and bred in the wrestling business, I don't think she's terrible. But week in and week out, it, it, it starts to wear on you that she, she's just not someone that should be out there um, each and every week cutting promos. Um, you know, that being said, and I've said it before, I think the wrestling on TNA is solid to great. Uh, I think it's rare on TNA that you get a bad match, uh, which is, you know, one of the reasons, you know, I continue to watch TNA. Um, and, and I do think, unfortunately, like with, with all the confusion going on with the company at, off of TV, uh, whether they're selling, whether Jared's going to be coming back, who's getting paid, what's going on behind the scenes, you know. The reports coming out, there's relatively no positive as far as the behind-the-scenes news that you hear coming out of TNA. However, I, I kind of enjoyed Impact last week. I, I thought they had some solid matches. And, uh, you know, this is a time period for TNA where things are very tumultuous behind the scenes, and they're heading into their biggest pay-per-view of the year. And it, it's really just, you know, it's kind of bad timing. And, and who knows, Dave? I mean, maybe, like you said, they keep uh, contract signings a secret. And maybe we'll see Hulk Hogan show up at Bound for Glory. But here's a guy who, for better or worse, Hogan has been, you know, an integral part in the Ace and Eight storyline, obviously going into Bound for Glory now. If he's not with the company, he's kind of pulled out of that. Uh, you know, he's been around all year. Now he's not going to be part of uh, Bound for Glory. Uh, you know, that's kind of a, I don't know, you know, when you pull a name like Hulk Hogan off your, your biggest pay-per-view of your year, I don't see that as a positive. Um, as much as there are a lot of Hogan haters out there, you know, when I watch TNA, there are a lot of people out there who are wearing Hulkamania shirts. There's a lot of big pop when Hulk Hogan comes out. I mean, you can make the case that, Hogan might get the biggest pop uh, when he comes out on on uh, on TV. So I, it's hard for me to just say that Hogan has been an absolute negative for TNA. Uh, I think he's been good for the company. It's just tough to to evaluate because they haven't like grown leaps and bounds with Hogan. Um, but who knows? Maybe TNA goes out of business two years ago if Hogan's not a part of it. So who knows how good or bad the Hulk Hogan factor was for, for TNA. But I do think when you pull a Hulk Hogan from your biggest pay-per-view year, that that can't be seen as, as a positive. However, as things start to shape up going into BFG, um, I kind of like what I'm seeing. And first off, I'd like to, I mean, you hit it, Dave, that they used to showcase a lot of like the, the knockouts and the X division. Uh, I absolutely love how Impact, they've moved, at least for the time being, looks like they're moving Austin Aries and Jeff Hardy into the X Division title picture. I absolutely love that move. I think that's a great move. 
for those two guys, uh, for the time being, it, it makes the, the heavyweight championship picture a little less cloudy, a little less convoluted. Put them in the mix uh, for the, the X Division title. Maybe give that X Division title a little more prominence like it, it was earlier in uh, the existence of TNA. I think, you know, when they set up that match, that that is a potential show-stealing match. I think you got four guys who can really go. And I was really excited when I heard that those four guys were going to be in an Ultimate X match. Yeah, I think, you know, you hit it up, you hit the nail on the head when you met, you know, when you said that the title would bring some prominence back. I totally agree with you. Having, you know, let's face it, three former TNA World Heavyweight Champions, Austin Aries, Jeff Hardy and Chris Sabin in the same match, um along with a with a young guy, a young talent like Manic or Suicide, whatever you want to call him these days. Um Definitely helps that championship. Um, the other thing about it, too, is that this is something that Jeff Hardy has never been involved in before. He's done all the crazy tables, ladders, and chairs matches. He's done the the, the, the money in the bank matches. You know, anything with a ladder and high-flying, Hardy's done. And putting him in an Ultimate X match for a first time, you know, you could promote you, you could you could promote the match based on the fact that this is the first time Jeff Hardy has been involved in the match, um, and if we get some eyeballs on a television screen, at least from the, the, the hardcore diehard wrestling fans um, and Jeff Hardy's fan base too, you know they've seen him do all the stuff with the ladders. What can he do now in an Ultimate X match? So I think that would I think that's um, a, a tremendous idea. I, I, that's probably the match I would be looking forward to the most um, at Bound for Glory right now, heading into it. And um, like you said, it also makes the World Heavyweight title picture less cloudy. But it also kind of brings Jeff Hardy back to his roots, so to speak, because Hardy was a light heavyweight, cruiserweight, whatever you want to call him, when he first started out in his career. So everything kind of comes full circle. Aries and Saban, they've both been great X-Division champions in the past, and that was the division that helped put them on the map to get them to the next level in the main event scene as world champions. So I think it makes a lot of sense that those three names are in there and it can't hurt Manic for him to get a rub being in there with three guys of that caliber for the X division title in an ultimate X match. So I think that thumbs up all across the board uh, when it comes to that match. Yeah, great. And, and again, like I said, uh, definitely a potential show stealer right there. Uh, you know, got me excited, and that was like one of those one of those moments where, you know, in all wrestling companies, you want to have those moments where, you know, people are watching and thinking, yeah, I'm gonna fork over the cash. And to me, that was I was gonna watch Bound for Glory regardless. So that being said, but I thought that that moment was one of those, yeah, I'll buy this one. Yes, this, that that is a match I want to see that. It's almost a match that the rest of the pay-per-view could could blow chunks. I'm going to watch for that match because that's got a lot of potential to be an absolute show stealer. So uh, it was it's something that when they they talked about it, when Jeff came in and uh, you know said I want to do something I've never done before, I, I thought it was a cool moment. It was a cool moment for TNA. It was a cool moment for Hardy, and it was a cool moment for the X Division. So I thought that worked. Uh, across the board, so very much looking forward to that match. Uh, the big match that we're looking at going into Bound for Glory, uh, the the TNA World Heavyweight Championship match between Bully Ray and AJ Styles, and and this is interesting because we've had, you know, I've talked about uh, Bully Ray and his his uh, evolution as a character and how uh, the, the rise and uh, 
I think we're heading towards a subsequent fall of the, the president of Ace and Eights, and uh, curious to see where exactly they're going to go with his character. Interesting with, with AJ Styles. I mean, we talked a lot on this show. AJ Styles is, you know, it's funny, I was going to say phenomenal, and, you know, consequently, his name, the phenomenal one. Um, but he is. And, you know, you can say what you want about other guys. I mean, there aren't many guys uh, in wrestling that have consistently, for as many years as he's been able to do it, just AJ Styles can go. I mean, he, the guy's just really talented in the ring. Um, but uh, we talked at length about AJ Styles a while back that, you know, in serious need of, of a character adjustment. The guy who is uh, putting on five-star matches that we really didn't care about because they, the, the, the writing and the storyline and the character and everything surrounding what was AJ Styles really wasn't working. I'm not going to say it was a home run with the, the character change. I think there have been some bumps in the road. but I, I And I'm not so sure about this whole, like, I don't have a contract and the whole thing with Dixie. And, and I'm not so sure how much I like that. But in the grand scheme of things, in the overall picture of what TNA is and what AJ Styles is, I do think the character overhaul has been a positive. Um, if not a home run, maybe it's, you know, a line drive in the gap, perhaps. Uh, so I think it was something that he sorely needed. I, I think when, when you hear his music hit, uh, the pops are, are louder and louder for him. I'm looking forward to this match, and I do think uh, there's there's a really good possibility we're going to see AJ Styles come out on top. Uh I think it's going to be a huge moment for him and, and for TNA, uh, whereas he was he was borderline irrelevant for a large chunk of time. So and I'm curious, Dave, your thoughts, because we, we talked a lot about overhauling his character. Again, I, I, not a home run, not a slam dunk, just to use as many sports analogies as I can. Um, but I do think overall it's probably a positive for AJ. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. It's been it's been somewhat of a positive. Uh, I didn't think. I mean, the beginning when you saw the complete different look, his his style in the ring, no pun intended, and the the uh, the, the music change and just so overall there was a, a, a difference in him as opposed to what he was six months prior, um, where his character was, and I liked it. And they kind of you know, embellished that and brought up, you know, the changes in his character on television, and then he just kind of disappeared. And then when Kurt Angle had to step away from TNA Wrestling, they needed something. They needed a quick fix. I think they pulled the trigger too soon on the the um, the, the redemption of AJ Styles um, with him, you know, coming to the aid of the main event mafia and being the hero again. I think that was kind of uh, – I, I don't think that was planned. Personally, I think they just pulled the trigger and they need, they needed to do something really quick. Um, and I'm kind of I was kind of digging the new music that he had because it brought like a little darker edge to him. But now they kind of mix both of both his old theme and his new theme together, and he still kind of looks the same, but he talks you know like old country boy AJ Styles. But I don't know. I think they're confused as to how they want to present him. Um, but be that as it may, I think he's gonna have a great match with Bully Ray. 
Um, if you remember a few years back at Slammiversary, the two of them had a last man standing match um, in the Impact Zone, and they tore, they tore the Impact Zone apart and stole the show at Slammiversary a couple of years back. So they're capable of having a great match together. And it kind of makes sense that it's AJ and Bully in the main event, um, considering that AJ has gone from the bottom of the barrel in TNA all the way to the top now. But I'm kind of confused with this whole I don't have a contract storyline it kind of reminds me a lot of what they did with uh, WWE did with CM Punk a few years ago, where they brought up the real life story that he's out of a, you know, he doesn't have a deal and he's going to wrestle his last match um, and possibly take the belt and not be under contract after his match. And I don't know, that kind of seems like a rip off to the Punk storyline too. From what I'm hearing, I'm hearing that um, AJ's got a contract through December. And they're and they're they're in the process of working on something, or they'll work on something after Bound for Glory. But he's there till December, so uh, I, I mean I, I'm looking forward to the match, like I said. But there's a lot of different variables that I like and dislike about it, and I guess time will tell. But um, it makes sense that AJ Styles is going to be the one to dethrone Bully Ray. And to be perfectly honest with you, I'll go on record as saying this, but TNA. That's their number one guy, in my opinion, in terms of he's been there since the beginning. He was the guy that they all pointed to and said, that's the guy for us. He's the face of our company. He's the one that's going to you know, lead the charge in, into pro wrestling. And if they can't come up with something for the number one guy who has stayed loyal to, loyal to them and they can't give him a contract or, or what he wants to the point where they just sign a short-term extension with him, then if I were AJ Styles, I'd walk away to be perfectly honest with you, because he's been there through everything, through when they didn't even have a television deal, and they were strictly showing impact online on the TNA website until they got their first TV deal on Spike. He was with them through it all, um, through, to the point where they almost went out of business uh, until Dixie bought it. He's been with them through everything, and I think it's a shame that the guy who has been there since day one, since the very first show, He's helped them get to where they are, in my in my opinion, and they don't want to give him what he wants. I, I, I like I said, if I were AJ Styles, I wouldn't be a happy camper, and I'd be looking to take my talents elsewhere. Yeah, it just you know, again, like getting back to it, it's just a really interesting time for TNA to be going into their biggest pay per view of the year and have all these question marks and tumultuous uh, things going on behind the scenes. I mean, ultimately for us as wrestling fans, I mean, you know, we sit here, we do the show, we'll criticize when criticism is required, we'll praise when we think praise is uh, deserved. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, we, we want to see good wrestling. Like, I, I want to see TNA succeed. Uh, uh, you know, uh, more wrestling, the better. More competition, the uh the better it is for wrestling fans, you know. I want to. I mean, I'm I'm part of wrestling on fire I, for selfish reasons, obviously, but also as a fan, I, I want to see that company grow and that TV product get get better. I mean, I just to me, it's like more wrestling on TV, uh, the better it is. More competition, uh, that means everybody needs to up their game. So as far as like us, I mean, we're rooting for TNA. We want to see them right the ship and. Uh, continue to put on, uh, you know, kick-ass matches and just kind of get things squared away creatively and economically. But uh, we are rooting for TNA. We want to see that company succeed. And, uh, you know, just to let you guys know, I just uh, tooling around uh, WrestlingNewsSource.com. I uh, just posted that, and this is right along the lines of our conversation, uh, Mickey James, 
recently spoke with RVA Magazine, and she spoke on TNA, and she said, I can't really speak on my status right now. Honestly, though, I'm not technically under contract with them right now. As far as TNA itself, I wasn't at the last TV, so I can't speak on that. The company is in the midst of change, obviously, and that process of changing over. They've gone live on the road, and they just brought in this new head of talent, John Gaborik, who was with the WWE for 20, 20 years or so. I feel like there's a good energy around it, but in the midst of change, people get scared, and there's a bit of that as well. It's hard to really say. There were rumors and speculation about late paychecks, but my paycheck was never late. It's not untrue, though. I do know that that was an issue with some other people. So there you have it. You know, Dave Source commenting on late paychecks. Uh, Mickey James, her paycheck was never late, but confirming that that was definitely a problem within the company. So, you know, that's for any company, wrestling or otherwise. When paychecks are late, when you can't afford to pay uh, your workers, that is genuine, generally a very, very bad sign as far as uh, the condition of your company. But again, as I said, we're all rooting for TNA. Hopefully they'll succeed and uh, flourish and grow and, uh, you know, who knows, make uh, make some noise, maybe make Vince sweat a little bit. So uh, there's a little bit more competition. And speaking of getting Vince to, to sweat a little bit, uh, we're running up against our, our break, but uh, Dave, overall feel uh, coming out of Battleground next last night? I really only enjoyed, like, I, there was only really one match I enjoyed that I felt like had a pay-per-view big match feel to it, and that was the Rhodes Shield match. Um, it was, you know, I sat in the living room with, you know, with my family, my girlfriend and her son, and we... we cheered and you know rooted on the roads the roads family and roads boys and hoped that they won and it was if it, it felt like like it was a big deal and i think that's a testament to the talent as well as the storyline and how good the, the 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 storytelling has been amongst all those guys involved um everything else just kind of felt like i was watching a really good monday night raw uh between rvd and del rio and uh Wyatt and Kofi, and then, you know, the title match and uh, with Orton and Bryan. I just didn't uh, – to me, it was a waste of my $55, honestly. And uh, we could discuss it even further, but um, it just – it was it was nothing to write home about. And I think that the problem with WWE that they have is sometimes they will, they will jam too many pay-per-views in a certain period of time. And we're going to have another one in three weeks, Hell in a Cell. We, three weeks ago, we just had – uh, what you call it? Night of Champions, three pay-per-views in six weeks. I mean, that's that's a lot, and I think they try and jam too much in, and I think they don't let sometimes the stories develop and build properly. And the past two months, we've had some, I would say, questionable finishes to a pay-per-view, and people are spending their hard-earned money and they're upset about it. And the fans in Buffalo let them know about it last night when they went off the air. A lot of, um, you know, BS chants, and, and to, to the point where Justin Roberts went on the microphone and said, uh, "We're coming back in January, so get your tickets." Now. And nobody cared about that. They were walking out of the arena chanting it, and they chanted it over what, whatever Roberts was saying. So I just think that. Um, Last night, it wasn't a pay-per-view wasn't needed at that. In my opinion, they could have built um, a, a much better storyline with Orton and Bryan and maybe a few others. 
towards the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view at the end of this month. So, to me, it was a waste of my money, other than the one match I just spoke of. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of negativity coming out as far as Battleground goes. Uh, what was the problem with Battleground? Bad matches? Bad booking, perhaps? Where do the storylines go from here going into Monday Night Raw and a quick turnaround heading into the next pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell? And, of course, we want to hear your thoughts on last night and everything else to do with wrestling. 347-838-9815. We'll get to all of that as well as getting to your calls right after the break. But right now, we got Dave. He is ready with his 50-50 Dave 5 update. Thank you very much, Ken. This is the Day 5 News Report, only heard at the top of the hour here, Monday night on the Ken Reedy Show. Our first story this week, ProWrestlingInsider.com is reporting that RVD's current deal with the WWE is set to expire at the end of this week. As previously discussed here on the show, speculation has been that RVD's current deal with WWE was only for 90 days. However, similar to the likes of one Chris Jericho, RVD will be taking a hiatus short term and most likely returning sometime in early 2014. WWE, however, is not advertising RVD for for tonight's Monday Night Raw and this week's SmackDown taping. Speaking of another contract status in the WWE, as most of you saw at last night's Battleground pay-per-view, the Rhodes family was successful over the Shield, thus keeping the Rhodes family employed with the WWE per the storyline. It can be reported that Goldust, who was not under contract with the WWE before this storyline began, is now working with the WWE under a short-term deal and is expected to remain with the company until WrestleMania 30. Perhaps we see a Goldust-Cody WrestleMania 30 match that has been speculated on for the past several years. Hashtag perhaps, said one cameraman Carlos. In our third story, former WWE lead creative writer Eric Penkowski has been promoted to interim executive producer of the Arsenio Hall Show on CBS. Penkowski had been serving as senior VP of programming and development for the show since it returned after 20-plus years of being off the air just a few weeks ago. Penkowski was let go by WWE earlier this year, citing creative differences amongst his colleagues. If Arsenio Hall can make a comeback on TV these days, then why can't Roddy Piper get a monthly installment of Piper's Pit on Raw instead of those painful paint-drying sessions of Miz TV with a guy who has been who has as much natural ability as a stack of bricks? Amen. I'm just saying. Former TNA personality, SoCal Val, yeah. She had loads of personality. Getting an audience to cheer and clap during a TV taping when they're supposed to defines personality that Mike Ferrara really did turn down Roddy Piper to be a guest on Piper's Pit. (laughs) Anyways, Val appeared at a pretrial hearing in Orange County, Florida this morning, stemming from her August 31st arrest for DUI, leaving the scene of an accident with at least $50 worth of damage without leaving contact information. She was also charged with failing to yield to oncoming traffic when making a left turn. No settlement was officially released, and a second hearing is set for November 4th. Did this chick go to the Tammy Sunny Sitch School of Screw-Ups? When I read this story, I was waiting to hear that Sonny was passed out face down on some indie wrestler's crotch in the back seat. <laughs> Our fifth and final story. 
Congratulations go out to friends of the Ken Reedy Show. As current Ring of Honor star Matt Hardy married longtime girlfriend, independent wrestler Rebby Sky this past weekend at their home in North Carolina. The pair decided to turn their wedding into a social media event with guests using the hashtag SkyHard. Brother Jeff was the best man, and best friend Hurricane Shane Helms was a groomsman. Other wrestling personalities that were in attendance included former ECW World Heavyweight Champion Steve Carino, former Mean Street Posse member Joey Abs, independent wrestling star Amber O'Neill, and many more. All of us here at the Kennedy Show want to wish Matt Hardy and Rebby Sky a wonderful life together as husband and wife, filled with happiness and memories to last a lifetime. And no, I did not get that from a Hallmark card. I actually <laughs> thought of that myself. Can't have a Day 5 news report without promoting the gun show. Season 9, you have Bob Arian, Steve Off, and El Rotundo Genioso. They do weird shit. Check them out. YouTube slash The Gun Show Web TV. Wrestling on Fire, Friday nights, Me TV at 11 p.m. Ken Reedy and Ray Ray Mars call all the action of Wrestling on Fire every Friday night at 11 p.m. only on Me TV. Check your local listings. And Ken's Cards and Collectibles, 27 Mill Street, Burlington, Connecticut, the ultimate in sports memorabilia, jerseys, trading cards, autographed memorabilia. He buys and trades items as well, folks, but the real meat and potatoes is his pro wrestling room, anything a wrestling fan could ask for and more. For more information, you can find Ken's Cards and Collectibles on Facebook or head on down to 27 Mill Street, Burlington, Connecticut, and find out why this is the place to be. And there you have it, folks. That was the Ken, that was the, the Ken Reedy Show. The Day 5 News Report only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you. Good stuff. Nice. Uh, you know, it's funny because you mentioned the wedding, and, and it's interesting. Uh, does, here's a bit of trivia. Where did they get Sky Hard from? You got me beat. Yeah, it was it was me. It oh, was actually, there you go. To give credit, it was my brother-in-law. My they they got together and we were like talking and and somehow the conversation came up and it's like they need a super couple name and my brother-in-law said Skyhard. I was like that's actually <laughs> kind of cool. So I I, I texted Rebby. I'm like Skyhard. It's like that's awesome and it it kind of like. She said, like, they, they mentioned it once or somehow, and then all of a sudden she there were, like, signs for Skyheart at some of their events, so uh, it wound up taking off. So uh, uh, I can't take credit for making it up, but I, I take credit for delivering the message. <laughs> and you didn't get an invite to this wedding. I didn't. It, I, I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll live. But, uh, no, I did not, unfortunately. <laughs> but all the best to them. No hard feelings. All the best to them. I mean, they're a really cool couple. We, we've hung out with them, and... Uh, you know, glad they they look really happy. So all the best to uh, Matt and Rebby on their their nuptials. But uh, we are in we are fully engrossed in the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. And uh, you know, last night a battleground pay per view. And uh, you know, Dave, we discussed last night, and and it's interesting how it came to fruition. Uh, uh, you know, mediocre pay per view at best. Um, the interesting thing is, I for me, I felt like it was a tale of two pay-per-views. It was, you know, I thought the, the opening match was pretty good, and, and it being an opener, I was like, all right, you know, we're, we're heading into a, a decent match. Um, the tag match uh, with Santino and Kali uh, against the, the Real Americans was, was absolutely brutal, but we got our spot. We got the uh, Cesaro swing, so that totally worked, um, you know, just to get that spot in. 
Um, you know, once we got to the, the Rhodes uh, family match, it seemed like the pay-per-view died after that. Um, and you, you just start to wonder, you know, booking-wise, uh, should they have changed the order of matches? Should they have pulled the WWE title match maybe back and let the Rhodes match uh, be the main event? Uh, would people have walked away from it happier where you see the Rhodes family embracing at the top of the ramp with the legends to go out of the pay-per-view. Um, you know, that's something that I, I think maybe the pay-per-view could have been perceived a lot better if it was booked a little bit differently. Uh, you know, there were some good matches. I agree with you. The only match that I felt was something special and something to write home about was the, the Rhodes tag match. Um, you know, brace yourselves. Everyone brace yourselves. I, I'm scared to say this because the entire Internet may crash. And, and the IWC, hold on to your hats here, CM Punk had a bad match last night. Oh, boy. Are we still all right? My computer screen's still on. We're still good? All right, so the Internet did not crash. That that match I just thought was completely uneventful. I did not like the finish. I just there was nothing about that match that I really got into. And the fact of the matter is those two guys have had much better matches against each other. So that did nothing for me. Um, you know, the one match that I thought the crowd was a little bit unfair towards was I thought Kofi and Bray Wyatt was a decent match. Not great, but I thought it was a entertaining match, but Overall, you definitely left that pay-per-view feeling flat, and and I do think as much as it wouldn't have made it a kick-ass pay-per-view, you change the order of some of those matches, you may have come out of there with a more positive feeling than most of us came out of the pay-per-view last night, Dave. Yeah, I mean, it's common knowledge, and, you know, history will tell you when it comes to, you know, pay-per-view main event matches, you know, wrestling fans want to see a decisive finish, a winner and a loser. Uh, regardless of who wins or loses, they want to see a finish. And uh, there was no finish to that match last night. It's going gonna, it's gonna to extend um, pretty short till Hell in the Cell. Uh, with big Show coming out, knocking both guys out. The only thing intriguing about that is, is that it was noted earlier in the pay-per-view that Triple H and Stephanie had an emergency meeting that they had to attend to, and they had to leave, and they left Maddox in charge. And will the blame be put on Brad Maddox, or will the blame be put on Big Show? You know, the, the, the variables coming out of that are interesting. Um, will Maddox get fired? Will Vicky Guerrero get put in place? Because she confronted Maddox earlier in the night and thought it was a big joke that he was going to be put in charge with uh, with Triple H and Stephanie. Scott Armstrong, what was his deal? Why is he back? Why was he back as the referee that came out towards the end? Uh, you know, what's Big Show's reasoning behind taking them both out? I mean, there's there's a lot of questions that, you know, should be answered hopefully tonight or, as the, you know, the next few weeks go on heading towards the next pay-per-view Hell in a Cell. But that's the only interesting part of that. If they put that match and that finish the same exact way it was produced last night at the end of the pay-per-view in the middle of the card, I think it would have fit much better and then put the Rhodes family match with the Shield as the main event. And, Ken, you and I discussed it. If they maybe took, you know, if they maybe filmed something in the back where Stephanie had said to both guys, hey, listen, 
we don't have much faith in you that you're going to win this match and you're going to beat our guys to shield. But since we're giving you this opportunity, um, and since we're, we're we're such you know wonderful opportunists here, we're going to give you guys the main event because you know this will be the only time you've ever been in the main event, and you can wrestle the shield and good luck. But I don't think you're going to win. And then of course the same finish last night. Rhodes coming out, Rhodes family coming out on top. You close the pay-per-view with those guys at the top of the ramp with all the wrestlers coming out in the locker room, congratulating them and Dusty and everyone else. I think it was a, a, a sent, made the pay-per-view a lot better than what we got last night at the end with Big Show knocking out Brian and Orton to end the pay-per-view. Um, if they had switched a few matches around and, and paced out the show a little better, I think it would have – and it would, and to me, I think something fresh like a Cody Rhodes and the Shield and Gold Dust in the main event would have been something fresh and different than what we've seen before with Randy Orton being a part of a lot of pay-per-view main events. Granted – Daniel Bryan is only made of this is his third actual main event of a pay-per-view um uh, being being on pay-per-view in the WWE I I still think that the the Shield Roads match would have just been a better fit. The story, it was a feel good story. You send the people home happy, closing out the pay-per-view and you could still make, you know, an argument that Orton and Bryan because it's a championship match deserve the last spot on the show, but the way the finish was, I just don't think it – wrestling fans are not happy about it. Like I said, they were chanting, you know, excuse my language, bullshit at the end of, at the end of that match off the air. Not a lot of people were happy about it. I've been reading stuff on the Internet all day long. Nobody's happy about the finish. Nobody, especially to end the pay-per-view. Every time that they've ended a pay-per-view with a non-finish, it's not been good. I remember – 11 years ago, Undertaker and Brock Lesnar had a pay-per-view match. It was Unforgiven in 2002, and it was a double DQ, and the, both the guys beat the crap out of each other. And the place was chanting bullshit because there was no decisive winner in the match. People like to see a winner and a loser. Regardless of how it happens, they like to see a winner and a loser. They didn't see that last night. And I, and I think history shows that that's what wrestling fans want to see and we didn't get that last night. A lot of angry people last night after that pay-per-view. Overall, like I, I put it on the Facebook page, I'd give it a C. The only thing that felt like paper, a pay-per-view match was that tag match. Everything else was solid, but it just felt like a really good Monday Night Raw. And, and, it, and it does beg the question, I mean, you know, is the pay-per-view job to, to put over Monday Night Raw? You know, I mean, that's what, that to me, like, that's all that, that main event served is is to oh my god like what what's going on with Big Show what what are the ramifications and you know that and it seems like the last two pay per views you know with you know we obviously saw the fast count so like the two pay per views were really to you know the main events were almost to just get you uh, into watching Monday Night Raw and and you know there there have been you know the reports the ratings have dipped or whatever you know maybe that's the strategy they're employing but. You know, you, you you could have booked it better. I, I wholeheartedly, I mean, we're both in agreement that the Rhodes family, that would have been a great way to end the pay-per-view, would have worked well as the main event. Uh, you know, maybe you put the WWE Championship match second to last. I know sometimes you want to separate that. So put that third to last. Maybe you slot in Kofi and Bray Wyatt uh, second to last. I thought that was a, a solid match. Again, not great, but I thought it was a solid, entertaining match. The... Uh, What's you call it? The uh, back crawl, whatever the hell uh, Bray Wyatt was doing, was creepy as hell. And 
uh, was kind of neat. Uh, I got to say kudos to uh, cameraman Carlos because he brought up the one thing I would have loved to have seen uh, is some, if, if it wasn't available, but at least some reference to uh, Kane or Kane's return because, uh, as it turns out, Kane made his debut uh, October 5th, 1997. So, you know, I know it was the 6th, but pretty damn near close to his anniversary of his debut. Uh, it would have been interesting if uh, whether it... Uh, uh, if you could have him there in some way, shape, or form, or uh, some sort of vignette uh, or a video, or even just his music starts and the, the turnbuckles explode. Uh, it would have been interesting if we saw something to do with Kane after that match. But I thought that match was solid. I thought it was uh, entertaining. Uh, it just, yeah, the end just really kind of left you flat, which really made you kind of walk out of that pay-per-view uh, feeling like uh, you kind of been bamboozled. You kind of threw away 50 bucks. So what are your thoughts? 347-838-9815. We've had a mess of people over here being real patient as we speak on and on about this stuff. we got to hear from you. We're going to go right out. Tony, what are your thoughts on last night's Battleground pay-per-view? Oh. <laughs> I got to I got well, just the, that's my that's my answer to the to the non-finish of the pay-per-view. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I got a good. It, it really did feel like an episode of Raw, you know. Like the best match on the show it, the, it, by far was was the Rose Brothers versus Reigns and Rollins. I mean, that was the, by far the best book match. It was really great. I mean, I mean, it was so. Okay. I mean, even I was rooting for uh, Dustin and Cody. You know, it's like even I was cheering them on. It was like they won. It was like all right, yeah, cool. You know, and and I I do agree. I think that would have been a, a better ending than than the motherfucking bullshit we got. I mean, Jesus Christmas. That's, that that was one of the... I mean, I had, you know, I had a really bad feeling that they were going to actually end this in a no-finish because, you know, it's like... It's like, you know, it's like you have to start pay-per-views now just like... Uh, they just like, you know, to get people to watch Raw or whatever. It's like, okay, hey, what's going to happen tomorrow night? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, the answer is Yes. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, it's like the, the pay-per-views really don't mean anything. It's like, you know, it's, I don't even know why the hell they bother having them. It's, you know, it's like, you know, it's like if they can get this fucking network off the ground, they should, you know, they should just put all the shows on there. This way fans don't, fans don't feel ripped off. Yeah, and, and, and I think like, you know, Dave brought up a really good point with, uh, you know, the, the short turnaround. I mean, you have three pay-per-views in six weeks. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, it's tough to build the storyline, but... You know, again, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, if you're gonna schedule it, I mean, obviously, it's not like, you know, a week ago, WWE was like, oh my God, we just scheduled a pay per view. What are we gonna do? I mean, you've obviously known for quite some time that this was gonna be your schedule at this point in the year. Uh, you would think you would have uh, planned something differently. And I don't know. I mean, I, I like Big Show, but I, I don't know, you know, how I really feel about, you know, him. I mean, what are they gonna do with him now? I mean, he, you know, he knocked everybody out. Like, everybody's going to be pissed at, at Big Show. Like, what exactly? I mean, you're not going to give him a title shot. I mean, does he get fired? It just, I don't know. The whole thing was weird. I, to me, it almost would have just made a lot more sense if he just knocked, knocked out Daniel Bryan and, and Randy Orton won the title. Um, or if he did. So I thought maybe what he was going to do was, because you know, just to show that Triple H told him what to do, he knock out Daniel Bryan, knock out Randy Orton, and just put Randy Orton's unconscious body over Daniel Bryan, and then get the Orton gets the pin. 
So essentially, you know, Big Show gets his angst out hitting Randy Orton, but he does what the boss asked him to do, and we make sure Randy Orton uh, gets the title. So as much as it wouldn't have been a, a clean finish, we would have had a definitive finish. Um, the, the way it ended, it just it was really kind of odd and, and left you flat. And, you know, that, those like, I mean, that's that's kind of how you'd want to see, like, you'd want to see SmackDown end with that sort of spot right before a pay-per-view. And then you're going to the pay-per-view thinking, well, what's going to happen? Are these guys going to be in any condition to wrestle? What what did Big Show, why did Big Show do that, yada, yada, yada? And that gets you pumped for the, the blow-off at the pay-per-view. Um, it just... I don't know. I, I don't know. And, and, you know, it's funny because we do, you know, we talk about it. We complain. We're all going to be watching Monday Night Raw tonight. Um, I, I'm really hoping that the payoff tonight uh, is worth what they did last night. But, uh, you know, it's all counting, but uh, guaranteed that the title is going to stay vacant until Hell in a Cell. And we're going to, you know, get another match between Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton. That's, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's probably what they will do. It's like it's going to be the two of them in the cell and <laughs> – they should have Daniel Bryan win it there. If they, you know, it's like you know. But as for what they're gonna do to follow up tonight, it's they're gonna do. Oh my God, I'm just I'm, I'm just dreading the opening of the show. I mean, you know, it's like it's gonna be some kind of bullshit nonsense that's gonna really annoy the piss out of me and probably want to make <laughs> make me give Triple H a call and say, Hey, hit me in the head with a sledgehammer. I'd rather be in a coma and watch this shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, I'm hoping it's it's a good Monday Night Raw. I mean, look, they they gotta be hearing what the fans are saying. And, you know, again, for us on this show, like we're honest and, and we, we try to, you know, we're not the types on the show to, to sit here and complain, but we're going to be honest with you. And, and we're not happy here. Everything we're reading on the internet, uh, you know, people were not happy. Uh, you know, you're hearing the fans in Buffalo. We're not happy. So, you know, negativity uh, all around the place surrounding uh, the events at this pay-per-view. So, uh, the the pay-per-view as a whole, uh, you know, perception's reality. And the WWE, I'm sure when they, they put together things, they're, they, they're happy with it. You know, they're not going to say, hey, we put this together. It sucks. Let's go with it. Uh, so somewhere along the line, they thought this was going to be a good idea. But perception is reality. Whatever they thought was good and worked, it didn't. Because the fans are the ultimate voice. And if you're hearing across the board negativity, um, the pay-per-view just didn't work. As a whole, so you you wonder uh, what's going to happen tonight. Uh, do we have a kick-ass raw to kind of make up for a mediocre pay-per-view? Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of curious to to see what we get out of everybody. But as, as we keep expounding on the negativity of the pay-per-view, uh, I'd like to. I mean, I know you, you said you enjoyed it, but uh, uh, how much did you like the the Rhodes uh, match? And do you think, uh, like we were saying, if they booked the pay-per-view differently and Rhodes uh, Shield ended the pay-per-view. Uh, would you had at least a better feel coming out of it? Uh, possibly. Yeah, I, I might have if it, if it had ended with with that match and you know get the world family on the ramp with all the like everyone coming out backstage and you know if it had ended on that visual, that would have been, that would have been I think might have left a better taste. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll never know. But you know, like I say, it was just oh man, you know, I. It, Maybe it would have been. I don't know. I think I, I do think it would have been better if this, if if that was in the, if that had ended the show. Yeah, it was it was else. weird because it, it had the the feel of the end of the show. It was weird it to me, like when everyone was coming out and they're all hugging and everything. It was it just really had the feel of of a show ending. 
it, it was just kind of odd. And, and I don't know, you know, I know going back when I was at WrestleMania 25 and, you know, a, a much, you know, last night to a lesser extent, obviously, but I wonder sometimes with the crowd, you know, WrestleMania 25, the crowd was emotionally exhausted after uh, Taker Michaels. And it was tough for anyone to follow that. I'm wondering with the all the emotions and the really good storytelling with the Rhodes match, was it just too much where the crowd was so emotionally invested in the Rhodes family thing and the and the Rhodes get their jobs back? We see Goldust now has a job in the WWE that they just kind of were emotionally spent, which goes back to, you know, who's booking this? They should have recognized that that storyline was resonating emotionally with fans and to have that sort of finish, to have those guys get their jobs back with their dad there and then congratulated by parts of the roster as well as legends, that's the way to go out, man. That's that's the way to end it positively for the crowds, the crowd live in attendance and, and the people watching at home. That's, that's your pay-per-view end. It, it kind of writes itself. So, um, you know, it, it's, it was not a good pay-per-view, and uh, hopefully we get a little bit better out of Raw. Tony is the best blogger in the wrestling biz. Go over to thekennedyshow.com. Raw, SmackDown, Impact each and every week. Uh, Tony, hope to see you on the, the Raw chat tonight on the Facebook page, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Talk to you uh, next week. Yeah, it's Monday. Take it easy, man. Peace Tony, a little, little, little heated tonight uh, about the pay per view. Uh, you know, again, we're getting a lot of negativity, and let's let's stick with the phones because uh, we got a few people that've been real patient on hold, and we got Mike on the line. Mike, are you there? Wow, Tony, dropping the, the curses tonight. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit with the obscenities tonight. Very upset. Now, last night I heard my tag team partner of the Attitude of Destruction. Um, talking about me going to L.A. and being with my Braves and what happened to wrestling. Hey, I'm still a wrestling fan, but it's not often that I get to go into L.A. and root for my favorite team. And, of course, today we have a tornado watch when I uh, got back. <laughs> and I come back, and all of a sudden now we got a tornado watch, so it's kind of scary. Um, CM Punk, I, t- I called it. I said it. CM Punk was going to be right back. I called that the Rhodes were going to win. And can I agree with you? They should have been on last. I would have put them on. If I was booking the show, I would have put them on, on last. Yeah, it's just, I mean, so, more and more, and as we talk about it and, and dissect the pay-per-view, and, uh, you know, Dave and I actually discussed the, the booking of the pay-per-view uh, last night before the pay-per-view. And, uh, you know, Dave said that if they're going to have a screwy finish, uh, you know, why not make the Rhodes uh, match the the main event, and you know as you you look at how everything unfolded and and what they did, and the thing is like you know we both thought that the Rhodes family was going to win, but we didn't know that they're going to bring some legends in the roster out to congratulate them, and and it was just going to be a feel good moment. And if if you're like planning that, if you're you're scripting out that that sort of finish, and, and man, that that's got to be the end of your pay per view, and it just I don't know. I mean, that's I, to me, it seems like a no-brainer, but there, there are smarter guys than me working in the WWE, I guess. Um, but it just uh, that really should have been uh, the main event. It was, I mean, not only just for the feel-good moment, but I think the match in and of itself was the match of the night. Uh, and it, it's like in the middle of the pay-per-view. It was just a, it, it was a strangely booked night. Uh, 
you know, I just wish they, they had gotten it right. Again, I don't think we would have had a kick-ass pay-per-view, but I think that uh, at least we would have gone out. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people felt like they, they wasted their money on this pay-per-view. I don't know, maybe you don't get that feeling uh, if you leave the match with, you know, if the main event is the match of the night and it has a feel-good moment at the end, I think that would have really done them a great service. I, I wonder if we're going to have a champion at Survivor Series. Once we get the hell in, through Hell in a Cell, I'm just wondering if we're going to have a, a champion, and I'm wondering if they're going to put this thing to bed and move on and try to get some more interesting um, wrestling out of the whole deal. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, well, you know, if they don't have a champion. If they don't have a champion by Survivor Series, then we could start to question if people in TNA are booking this angle. <laughs> well, so that you know would be what? absolutely ridiculous. Well, you know what, Dave, and and it's a funny, it's a fun, it's a funny, uh, it's a funny thing. I heard you talk about me before again with the Piper situation and Piper's pit. And I, I got an email last night from a friend of mine who heard the Ken Reedy show, and he said, you know, Mike, the Ken Reedy show is a great show, um, and especially he goes when you call up and you're talking about Piper. And I wrote him back saying, because he was with me, and he's like, you know, we were there, you know, the whole Piper situation. He goes, when you said you're NWO for life, he goes, it just made me laugh because, you know, you didn't say it to Piper's face. I said, well, I couldn't because I was afraid Piper would have, would have, you know, <laughs> felt bad about the whole deal. But you know, I mean, listen, I like Roddy Piper, and and we all love Piper, and I would have loved to have done Piper's pit, but I just, like I said, I'm a Hogan guy. Sorry, I, 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 that's how I feel about it. <sighs> Boy, um, and Jeff Jarrett's going to be in Brooklyn this weekend. Oh, really? What what show? Um. Family Entertainment Wrestling. Very cool. Jeff like Jarrett's going to be there. Um, call, uh, a lot of lot of wrestling um, big stars are going to be there. Um, it's going to be at some gym in Brooklyn. I think it's Patrick's Gym in Brooklyn. Oh, my God. I got news today about that. Carl Ligado is going to be wrestling. Tommy Dreamer. Um, there's going to be some big wrestling down there. Very cool. So you're heading down there? No, I'm not going. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a family entertainment guy. Come on, man. <sighs> you know, I have all to right. pull myself together because Demolition, is demolition. my favorite tag team of all time, is going to be out at another promotion coming up that I don't particularly like, but I might have to go just to Demolition. Have you ever met them or seen them live? Uh, you know what? I've never met them. But wait a minute! I did meet Axe years ago with uh, with another uh, independent wrestler when he was doing the demolition, the new demolition. Um, I never met Smash before, but I'm looking forward to it. If I decide to go, it will be my first time going. And Al Snow's also wrestling on the, on the card too. It's um for Warriors of Wrestling in Staten Island. Well, I think, I mean, if they're your favorite tag team of all time, that's, that's a no-brainer. You have to go. You know, even though I don't like, I'm not particularly into Warriors, you know, maybe I'll just go and show my respect to those guys. It's been too long since I, I showed face over there, and maybe I should just do that. I think you should. 
No, and I'm also going to meet Hacksaw Jim Duggan because ECPW is going to put on a show in um, October, and he's wrestling one of your favorite wrestlers, Andrew Anderson. Yeah, my boy, Andrew. Your boy, Andrew, baby. Your boy, Andrew. And you know what? Maybe I'll just speak to Hacksaw and tell Hacksaw to give him give him a good beating for you. How's that, Ken? <laughs> give him sure a little hold for you. That's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to Monday Night Raw tonight, guys. I can't wait. Cool. Thanks a lot for giving us a call. Talk to you next Uh, week. Anytime, guys. I'll speak to you guys next week. Dave, have a good night. And, Dave, remember, Piper's pit, baby. Next time, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) You got it, Mike. You're such a gem. (laughs) And Mike Farrar, ladies and gentlemen, the stream of consciousness that is Mike. Uh, Good call. Or lack thereof. Hit a little bit of the indie schedule in the tri-state area in the midst there. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, we're not getting anyone calling in saying, uh, you're wrong, the pay-per-view is awesome. So and, and we would entertain that. I would love for someone to call in and say that they loved last night and why we're wrong, because we're open to any and all opinions here. So, uh, by all means, give us a call, 347-838-9815. We're going to go back out to the phones. We have Mr. Trivia on the line. Mr. Trivia, are you there? Yeah, hey guys, how you doing? What's going on? How are you tonight? No, yeah, pretty good. If anybody calls up and says that pay per view was good, was watching it with their eyes closed. <laughs> uh, Dave, I can't believe that. I mean, I didn't, you know, like I said, I was sitting, I was in the VIP section with uh, the Dave Rosenblue seats last night, and uh, I can't believe fifty five dollars for third, that. I, I was the third stall, by the way. Oh, uh, okay, all right, but uh, fifty five dollars for that. I couldn't believe I that. The, the two the two things that surprised me were the title was the ending of the main event and the Divas match went longer than five minutes. Those were the two oh. things that surprised me. Well, well, the girls have been actually doing something lately, and it's been good. So I could see why they gave them a few more minutes. As far as the the the, the finish to the championship match, we've discussed it, and I just don't think it was it was placed. You know, appropriately. I'm not an expert, but this is just my opinion. I just don't no. think it was pl- placed appropriately. Um, it could have been middle of the card, or you know, like Ken said, second to last, third to last, whatever the case is. And uh, I just, like I said, history shows wrestling fans do not like no non finishes to a pay per view main event because you pay money on pay per view to see a decisive winner. Pay-per-views are supposed to be the blow-off, but wrestling has changed these days, and it, it and it's now, you know, they gear it more towards pay-per-views built towards TV, uh, with the exception of certain pay-per-views like WrestleMania or the Rumble or whatever. But, yeah, it was, it, it was as, as this wrestling fan over here, it was okay. It wasn't anything to write home about. Yeah, exactly. I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I would, I think I would have rather. I mean, it was a better finish in the R Truth Curtis Axel match. But uh, I mean, yeah, I, I I really can't expound anything on TNA because I haven't watched TNA in over a month. But uh, it's you know, like I said, the W you know the WWE has four has four good pay per views a year: Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, and. Uh, the, the other, I just had the fourth one too. Summer Slam. Summer Slam, yes, thank you. Other than that, I, mean, I think. 
but you know, some money in the bank and payback were pretty damn good this past year. Money in the bank was loaded, a loaded show. There wasn't a bad match on that card, and payback was a pretty damn good pay per view too. So I mean, they they they've uh, they've hit the gap as far as uh, being past four good pay per views, and I think some of those pay per views were even better than WrestleMania. To be honest with you. Mm, okay, what do you got? What's your opinion now with this thing going on with? Triple H and Stephanie and everything else. Is there a snowball chance that we're going to see a possible Shane McMahon return to take the company back? I mean, I don't know what his his contract status is, his employment status is. I I think there's definitely a chance. Um, I I think it makes sense uh, for him to possibly come back. Um, you know, I, I don't know logistically any and all of that stuff, but as the McMahon family, uh, gets involved with the storylines, I mean, we're, I'm hearing rumors that we may be seeing Vince returning to TV shortly. I, it wouldn't shock me if we see Shane return, but again, I don't know if, if he even wants to, uh, but I do think the, the storyline is setting up where a Shane McMahon return would, would work storytelling-wise. What do you think, Dave? I, I, I said it a while ago, and I'll say it again. You, know, you never say never in wrestling. And Bruno San Martino being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame is living proof of that statement. Um, so, yeah, it's possible. From what I understand, I, Shane McMahon um, stepped down from being the – the CEO of this company that he works, he works for U Demand Television, which basically they develop um, China, China, China's uh, on-demand television, kind of like what we have here in the United States, the cable companies. Um, he's always been a part of uh, something involving television. Um, he was the head of the global media in WWE, helping them get international television deals virtually all over the world. So, um now I think he's a – I forget what his exact title is, but he doesn't have as much stock in that company, but he's still working for them. So maybe he'll have some free time to, you know, take some time off and maybe pop in and make an appearance on TV and be involved in the storyline. You never say never. Anything is possible at this point. Um, it would definitely freshen things up a little bit. But from what I'm hearing, I'm hearing that Vince is supposed to be making a, a return um, any time now, and uh, we might see a um, – it might even be tonight. Like I said earlier, at last night's pay-per-view, Triple H and Stephanie, uh, they had to leave early for an emergency meeting. So maybe this, maybe maybe that, coupled with the fact that Big Show interfered and screwed up the finish of the main event, um, with, with Triple H and Stephanie being there to kind of hold his job over his head, uh, Coupled with the fact that Vince might be returning, all, all this might play into. We might get some answers tonight. So. Um, Maybe maybe this could signal a Shane McMahon return. Maybe the emergency meeting was Shane's back, and we, we might get that revealed tonight. Who knows? Um, I, yeah, I think I we just got, need some answers. Got, and I'm I'm making a prediction right now. Um, I'm making a prediction that that next month we'll we'll see Orton and Brian inside Hell in the Cell to prevent any kind of interference like last night take place and. <laughs> get the decisive winner um, and a decisive WWE champion. I will also make another prediction that if they decide to make Big Show homeless because Triple H owns his house after <laughs> last night's events, then I will not watch WWE for a decent amount of time, let me just put it to you that way. I won't ever say I'll never watch it, but I'll, I'll have a difficult time watching it. 
Yeah, Big Show's about as broke as Donald Trump. But um, what do you guys think of this? Uh, your one quick opinion. I, are you guys still there? Yeah, we're here. Okay, sorry. No, I thought I got cut off. Uh, yeah, I just got a email. WWE, Stephanie McMahon's going to kick off Raw tonight, so we'll have to see what's going to happen with that. And where do you think uh, the WWE is going to go with these um, El Matadors, a.k.a. Primo and Epico? Oh, God, I Yeah, I agree with you. I, I despise it. It, it. Honestly, it reminds me, and, and Dave, you're more of a historian than I am, but like I, I kind of stopped watching wrestling late 80s, early 90s, where it was just getting way too cartoonish for me. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that was probably right around the time that Tito Santana went to the Matador gimmick. Uh, Santana debuted it. I want to say late 1991. 90, yeah, 1991, I think so, yeah. That, that, was, that was honestly like when I just – it was just getting to be too much. And, and these characters remind me of when I stopped watching wrestling. I – like, number one, I think the gimmick is, is so bad. It's just so cheesy, number one. Number two, the bull is more athletic than the two of them. <laughs> So it's just it's it's I like the, the worst thing for the two of them. Like the, the bull thing is such a stupid cheesy character. But not only that, let's get a little person that's more athletic than either one of the two of you. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying yeah. actually one of the things that are enjoyable of this is the spots that the bull has. It, it's it's bad. I just hope they they scrap it soon. I mean, I guess thank God for three MB because. You need someone to beat up on, but I, yeah, really. I personally, I, I can't stand it. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a great night, and let's let's try to enjoy Raw. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Take it All easy. Right. Thanks. Look all. Yeah, I mean, you know, not talking pay per view, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of uh, El Matadors. I just think it's uh, it's not a good gimmick. I mean, the in-ring work is solid. You know, it's, as we all know, it's it's Primo and Epico repackaged as uh, um, Mexican or yeah, Mexican or Spanish bullfighters. I don't know if they represent Spain or Mexico or whatever. But anyhow, I mean, the the bull is cheesy, but yeah, it's still funny too. It's got that stupid like Dumb and Dumber kind of sense of humor to it in a way. I kind of find the little I can, maybe it's my maybe it's me showing my old age, but I think the the little bull's kind of cute. Like maybe I I think I just lost my man card here, but I, <laughs> I think the bull, I, I, and like you said, he does more athletic things than the other two. They're they're solid, and like you said, thank God for three MB, which they might be two MB pretty soon from what I'm hearing too. And not to get off topic here, but we might see Drew McIntyre getting repackaged back to his chosen one character, and they might actually do something with him. But but um yeah, no, I'm not really a big fan of it. And, I don't, you know, when I saw the ball on TV, I was like, really? Are you serious? The little guy? But, but. Yeah, and interestingly enough, yeah, we're hearing, uh, you know, lots of stuff floating around the internet, repackaging uh, both Drew McIntyre and Wade Barrett. I think two guys that uh, need some repackaging. I mean, Wade Barrett, the re-repackaging. Um, a guy who we're both pretty high on. Uh, you know, hopefully they find something that works. Just a little bit of, of breaking news, just as you guys know. Um, you know, the WWE does this fan council uh, thing where they ask fans uh, that you get basically emailed a survey uh, to take. And interestingly enough, it looks like the WWE is planning some sort of 
WrestleMania TV show. So they're definitely, this is a company that's definitely looking to be a global entertainment company, not a wrestling company. So they already have the Divas television show. They're looking to expand into television. Who knows if this means something else on E, something on, on cable, uh, if it's going to, they're finally going to get the network off the ground. But uh, I've been uh, emailed a survey that says, imagine a new series featuring blinding action and highly anticipated clashes highlighting the top matches and memorable moments from WrestleMania 1 through 29. Each one-hour episode presents the best of the drama and excitement that is WrestleMania with in-depth perspective from the WWE superstars and legends who starred in the, quote, grandest stage of them all. And the survey part right now is which name... Below, do you prefer for the name of the new series? And the suggestions they have is WrestleMania Rivals, WrestleMania Epics, WrestleMania Rewind, or WrestleMania Main Events. I think I'm going to go WrestleMania Epics. That's my choice. Um, but I think I'll go with WrestleMania Rewinds. Rewind. Um, all oh, of that. that a, go ahead. This kind of reminds me of they're going to go through all the WrestleManias, the best of each one. It's it's like it's, it kind of reminds me of the um, the DVD that came out a couple of years ago, the true story behind the creation of WrestleMania. Like, right, are yeah. they just going to put it on a TV show? Are they, is it new content? Is it going to be older content? That um, kind of interesting. I mean, to see what they're going to do with it. But that's uh, some pretty interesting news that you got there. Yeah, so, I mean, that'd be cool. I mean, I'd be watching that. It's, uh, it sounds like a good idea. Um, lots of other questions on the survey, which I, I'm not going to take now. But uh, interestingly enough, I mean, that'd be cool. I wonder where they're looking to put that TV show on. But uh, a little bit of breaking news. I just got the email just now. So WWE is planning a WrestleMania TV show. And it would be cool if, like, if it was an hour long and maybe you only highlighted one match and you had – the stars and it like you, you gave a little bit of the storyline set up beforehand, maybe some moments on Raw and SmackDown, uh, behind the scenes interviews, and then the actual match. I think that would be a, a really cool show, uh, you know, surrounding WrestleMania and everything. I think that could be uh, really neat. And that was, uh, you know, part of our criticism when the Divas show came out was, you know, we, we wanted to see actually more of the. The real stuff. If you're going to go behind the scenes, uh, let's see uh, behind the scenes of uh, what the wrestlers go through as far as their training and storyline development and stuff. I, I think uh, for a lot of us, when you're watching uh, scripted reality TV, it's, uh, it leaves you a little bit flat. I mean, I've enjoyed some episodes, but i got to be honest with you, my, my DVR is kind of bogged down. I, I stopped watching. I mean, I'll, I guess I'll catch up just to catch up, but... Uh, I haven't watched the last few episodes uh, of Divas, so um, that definitely uh, that sounds like a real good idea for the TV show. And, and does does it mean that the WWE is is looking to get this network back off the ground? I mean, you, you keep hearing it's not, it's a go, it's not a go, it's a go, it's not a go. Um, is this something that uh, E Television is looking to put more WWE programming on because the Divas program was successful? Who knows? But as a wrestling fan, that is something uh, that excites me. That's something that I definitely uh, would be tuning in for to get a, 
you know, a, a classic WrestleMania match plus uh, the setup? Because that's, to me, that's part of what you miss when you rewatch uh, a WrestleMania DVD is is the setup in in the storyline that what everything that went into that. And I think a TV show would be really cool if they really highlight the story arc first and then went into the match. So that's, that's kind of cool. I'm a little excited about uh, this potential show, Dave. Yeah. Um, the D, I mean, I've watched some of the Divas show. It's okay. Um, it's, too, it's too scripted for me. Uh, there's been a few moments that I've enjoyed from it all. Um, but and, and some of the moments have translated well onto television with the girls. Um, the storyline of AJ and her dislike for the Total Divas cast, I think it's worked. Um, from that show transferring over to Monday Night Raw and SmackDown that we see on a weekly basis. Um, as far as the network goes, I mean, you know, never say never, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, seeing it till I, you know, I'm not believing it till I see it. And, uh, you know, if, he, if, if he's got, a, you know, uh, an idea of putting WWE more on their network, then, uh, you know, I'm all for it. Uh, wrestle, you know, I like your idea of maybe highlighting one match or even highlighting a couple matches maybe that, you know, because there's more than just one match on a WrestleMania. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm interested to see where what they would do with it. Um, I think a lot of these shows are just test runs for when they eventually do get a network. Um, and then we won't see the advent of pay-per-view as far as the WWE is concerned will basically not exist anymore by having, you know, everything on their network except WrestleMania, and then WrestleMania would be the one you'd have to purchase. You could still purchase the other ones from what I heard, but all these other pay-per-views would just translate to being on the network, so you pay your monthly bill, but you'll get a special battleground or a special night of champions or a special summer slam, uh, but you'll be paying, you'll be paying 55 bucks for it anymore. You'll be paying your 1395 or whatever, how much they're going to charge for the channel. So, um, you know, a lot of these ideas are good. I mean, whatever happened to that legend's house, remember the legend's house that they, that they filmed with all those guys? Well, I mean, uh, are they going to even put that on anymore? Or is it just something that they just wasted their time and money on? I, it's funny. I have no idea. I mean, I heard that it was, that they were in the house and it was filmed and, uh, I have no idea where where it's gone since then. So uh, who knows? And it's funny. Like that's a show I, I would have at least given a shot at. That the the characters they had thrown into that house uh, that would be interesting. So who knows? But you know, it is interesting when you watch the WWE and you see how they continue to evolve. Like this is a company that uh, you know Vince McMahon. He's looking to make this company. Uh, this is a global entertainment company. This is not a wrestling company. So continuing to move forward into. Uh, the uh, television market, and uh, kind of cool, a little bit of breaking news uh, as we're running the, the Ken Reedy show tonight, so uh, look forward to it. If, if we hear anything else, of course, we'll be sure to bring it to you, but that is definitely a TV show that uh, I would look forward to seeing. Uh, that would be a TV show that would be more engaging, more interesting, and more exciting than what we got out of last night's pay-per-view, and as we come out of the pay-per-view and we look to Monday Night Raw tonight, uh do we get answers? Uh, we have Stephanie confronting Big Show. Where does that lead? Where does Big Show go from this point forward? Uh, do they make this a triple threat match for the WWE title? Um, do they they throw uh, 
Big Show into another handicap match. Is he fired? Is he homeless, as you pointed out, Dave? Uh, who knows exactly? What What was that? It better not be a homeless storyline. They already did that <laughs> once with uh, with uh, Cactus Jack in WCW. They don't need to do that again. That was awful, and I know that this would be awful. See, first of all, Big Show couldn't fit in a cardboard box, so it wouldn't work. <laughs> You'd have to get a pretty big box. But uh, like and then the one box. thing you brought, you brought up a really good point, Dave. You know, do we at some point like we have this feel good moment with the Rhodes family? Uh, I'm sure we will see uh, Cody, probably Goldust, and maybe even Dusty tonight. Um, you know, do we get these two guys in? We have a feel-good moment. Do we even perhaps have these two win the tag championship? But as as the next few months evolve and develop, does a wedge come between the two Rhodes brothers? You know, I've noticed as much as I, I, I've been kind of disappointed with the commentary as of late, but the one thing that I have noticed is they've made sure to stick in a number of times. Cody, the son that got the good Dusty Rhodes. He had a good father, the father that was home, the father that supported him, the father that was there for him. And Goldust, Dustin, had the father that was on the road, that was wrestling, that was not home. And they continue to make it a point that, you know, both the, the, the Rhodes kids had a much different experience with Daddy. Uh, is this good storytelling? Is the, the beginning of good storytelling where eventually it gets under Goldust's skin and we have a turn at some point and we have finally that Rhodes uh, brother versus brother match at, at WrestleMania? Should be interesting to see where exactly they go with the Rhodes family drama, Dave. I think that could eventually lead to a match between the two of them um, at WrestleMania, and it would be somewhat of a, a passing of the torch. Uh, Goldust, who had been in the business, who, quite frankly, um, uh, he can out-wrestle a lot of the guys currently on the roster for, the, for, for what he did last night in his match with Orton, and from what I saw Saturday night in Torrington, Connecticut, against Anthony Nice. Um, he can go in the ring. And I think one more substantial run in the WWE, I mean, I'd love to see him go back to the controversial um, creepy gold dust if they were to go that route with him and uh, with him and Cody heading towards WrestleMania 30. But um, I think for now, I mean, they, they bring home those points, but I think for now they're going to keep them as a team. You may see the two brothers and Dusty, and they're the tag team champions at some point, and then we get to that split. Um, but this is something that's been it's been speculated for years. I mean, Goldust has gone on Twitter, and it's been speculated on the internet for many for you know the past couple of years that Goldust has gone to Vince and said, "I want to do me and my brother to WrestleMania. Let's do my brother at SummerSlam. I'm telling you, it, it, it could work." The the reaction that we get when we're around each other, the limited times on TV, it's good. It's it, it'll be good storytelling. I'll put Cody over and this, that, and the other. I mean, it's been rumored. But the whole point is, is to move Cody up to the next level, and having him beat a guy of the gold, of gold dust caliber could help him. Um, proof is in the pudding. I mean, Goldust returned and had a short appearance in the Royal Rumble match back in January, and it was him and, gold, him and Cody had an interaction, and the, the place popped pretty big for it. So there's interest there amongst the fans. I think they'll eventually get there at some point between the two and have a match. Um, 
I, and I would I, I think you know Dusty will get involved and they will bring up the family history of the different experiences with dad that will, you know, lead to a match between the two of them. And, you know, who's the better Rhodes kid? And, you know, Dusty will be put in the middle. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a Goldust heel turn out of it. And we go back to the bizarre, creepy Goldust of old. The, the, the Goldust that, like I said last week, in my opinion, was the, was the starting point of the Attitude Era. Now, Gray, I mean, it's something that, that holds a lot of interest for me as a wrestling fan. And, you know, it, it, like coming out of last night's pay-per-view, and who knows what the plans are, but they, they should look at it and say, look, again, across the board, and it's one of those pay-per-views that the opinions are pretty consistent across the board, across all wrestling fans. Pay-per-view is disappointing. Rhodes family match stole the show. So, you know, knowing that and knowing where, you know, that, that you know, maybe the – the people that were watching or the, your market research people, they, they missed the boat on this. And then they didn't realize how much the Rhodes family storyline was resonating with fans. Now you see it. Now it's there in black and white. You know, maybe this prompts them that this thing's got legs. And to to build this from this point on, that this, this Rhodes family banded together to get back their jobs, to defeat the Shield, and to come back to the WWE – and play up this family bond between them, and then down the road break it up, leading towards brother versus brother at WrestleMania. The story basically writes itself, and it would make for good drama. You got the charisma of the Rhodes family throwing Dusty into the mix. It's something that definitely, you know, in the middle of the card somewhere at WrestleMania could potentially be a show stealer. And and Dave, I mean, it's awesome that you got to see him this past weekend. But anybody. Anybody who can keep up with, with Tony Nese can go. And Goldust still has it. Goldust, you know, he's not one of those guys that, you know, let's bring back a legend so he gets the legend pop and, you know, will have a, a limited run. Goldust can still have – Goldust is still right there. So, I mean, it would not be one of those things where – hey, let's just bring him back for nostalgic's sake, uh, he's going to be a guy that could give you a really good match. And uh, that's really right now, as much as I'm, I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with the WWE title, the one thing I'm more excited about is just to see uh, what the follow-up is with, with the Rhodes family. Yeah. Absolutely, it was a it was a hot storyline, good match, good payoff, and going forward, um, I'm I'm more interested in Cody Rhodes than I ever was, and I'm more interested in Goldust than, than I ever was, uh, because it was just that good, and the, you know, Dusty combination of the Shield, uh, everything else, I, I'm very optimistic and positive as to how the the rest of the storylines will play out with the Rhodes family. And what do we see tonight? Do we see the Rhodes family getting themselves in the mix for the tag team title? Do we get an answer where they're going with the WWE title? Uh, who knows? Do we have Sandow? Was he faking a knee injury last night? Are we inching closer to a cash-in? We have a three-hour Raw coming up right now, and we as wrestling fans need answers. It is time for Monday Night Raw. For Dave, I'm Ken. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next week, 6.30 Monday night. Take care, everybody.
Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.